I'd like to first uh, uh, let, you know, hope everybody's feeling well, everybody's family is safe and healthy, and um, just that uh, you, you're working your way through this pandemic and others and, and all the other stuff. Um, so I, I just want to give you a quick rundown on how we got here. Um, there's a lot of people that, behind the scenes that, that have done a lot of amazing stuff you know, in the giant organization to, to get us to this point. Uh, we came back from Indianapolis and our head of uh, senior vice president of medical services, Ronnie Bonds, came to me three times that first week and the third time he looked at me and said, Dave, this is going to be really bad. This is going to be really bad. So I walked, down my, walked out of my office, went to my director of college scouting, Chris Pettit, told him to get together with the director of uh, football data and innovation, Ty Siam, and I said, get with him and we're, we are going to, this draft is going to happen remotely. That's what we have to plan for. And I don't want to do anything different. I don't want us to prepare any different. After that conversation, I went down to Joe's office with Ronnie in tow, of course, and told Joe, you're not going to see your players until August. So get with Ty and get with your coaching staff. And everybody went to work. And, and it was uh, Justin Warren was, you know, was in charge of our IT department, did a great job. And uh, that allowed us all to continue to do our jobs, obviously, obviously in a different settings, different pace, in a different way but it still allowed us to do our jobs. Uh, and then when the, uh, um, then in the spring, we, we decided to go to the stadium. We, we, the protocols were coming down. The, the rules were coming in as to what we could and could not do. Um, I really thought it was critical that uh, Joe and his staff, as, as, as a new staff, have the ability to look at players in the eye all day long. And, uh, you know, so we went over to the stadium, took a look, and uh, Victor uh, McLaughlin, our uh, director of buildings, just did a fantastic job planning everything out. So basically, um, we were able to have, we're able, I mean, we're breaking camp tomorrow, but we're able to have as normal a training camp as you could have. Uh, team meetings, unit meetings, um, people face-to-face. -face. Uh, the one thing that the, the, the Zoom and all that, and, and, and working remotely taught me, is the, um, the, the, what you lose by not being able to have those drive-by drive conversations and how much more difficult the communication piece. Well, now us being in the stadium um, allows me and Joe and Kevin Abrams and Tim McDonald and Ronnie Bonds and anybody else to have those drive-bys that really improve the workflow and, and, and accelerate the pace at, at which you're able to work. So we've, we've had a lot of people that have done a great job. And, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, Casey Jones, a great basketball player and coach for the Celtics, used to say about him, you give him lemons, he makes lemonade. And, and that's what we've done. And, and it's been a great organizational effort. You know, other people behind the scenes, Bill Heller and Christine Prokops, have, have been huge for us. And, and again, ownership. Ownership giving us the ability to do these things, to, to operate this way in, in as close to a normal setting as possible has really put us in a good position. Um, okay, if, if anybody's still awake, um, I'm ready to take questions. Dan Duggan. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Good, Dan, how are you, kid? 
Good, good. Uh, no sense easing in, I guess. Um, you know, you had two players arrested this offseason, including DeAndre Baker, obviously facing you know, serious charges. I'm just curious, based on your emphasis on you know, culture and character, uh, what's your reaction to those arrests? Well, you know, obviously, Dan, it's, it's, it's disappointing, okay? And, and it's not um, – there was nothing in their background, you know, all, nothing in all – you know, nothing in Aldrich's background – Nothing in DeAndre's background that would suggest these things would happen. Okay, so so it's disappointing, disappointing on on, on, a, on a variety of levels, and you know it it it, it hurts us because they're two talented players as well. Um, so um, you know it's disappointing, and 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 I guess you know what it teaches us all is nothing's a hundred percent, you know, except death and taxes. So you know it was like I said, it was it's disappointing. Uh, you know, Dan, I couldn't, I'd be a liar if I said anything less. I mean, you know, Aldrich was in a, a Pro Bowl kicker two years ago. DeAndre was a first round pick. I, I, I know all that. And it's disappointing, but it's it's life. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. Paul Schwartz. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, Paul. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, I was, you know, this is so unprecedented for everybody, even someone like you who's been through it so much. Um, do you think, um, there will be a competitive disadvantage at all. Uh, you guys not having fans, uh, some teams having fans. And as a corollary to that, with young, with a young team that you have, do you think this is going to be a big disadvantage going through this? Or maybe with a young coach and a young team, in some way it can be an advantage? You know, I, I think that, um, you, know, it, you know, Joe is, and the guys are doing such a great job building the, te the team concept. I know that they're going to have to bring their own energy. Uh, it's not, you know, for us, you know, we're not going to have fans initially. Um, when we go to Dallas, they are going to have fans. I mean, it's, it's, I just think you have to just, you can't look at it as, oh, poor, oh, woe is me. I think you've got to figure out a way to turn it into an advantage. And I think that, um, you know, us not having that, you know, it, it is what it is, Paul. You can't. You know, when you, when you get up in the morning and you want to play golf, if it's raining, you play golf. You know, you just don't, you know, it's raining. So I, I think more than anything else, it, 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 it's certainly a challenge. Um, but I think it's one that Joe and his staff and the players are up for. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Hey, Dave. Uh, obviously, you go on the weekend having a lot of decisions that have been – you know, evaluated in such a short window. Uh, I'm curious, how do you balance the idea of projecting a lot of the young players that you have on the roster versus being able to kind of put together a team that Joe and his staff can get right out of the gates and compete in, in week one? Well, you know, I, it, it's, I mean, we're a young developing team. That's all there is to it. I mean, we've had, you know, with the way Joe has run practice, you guys have seen it. You know, he has what he calls his two spot when he's got teamwork on both fields. These guys have gotten a ton of reps. And, uh, you know, as we, as we finish up, uh, there's plenty of, of, of film available to uh, legitimately evaluate all these guys. So I think that, uh, you know, I, you know it's, everybody's in the same boat, um, you know, to a certain degree with their young players. And uh, we feel good about, you know, you know, the work these kids have put in, and I think we're going to be fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge out. There's no doubt about it. 
But I, I you know, the the young guys. I, the, the one thing that that happened is, you know, you know, Joe and the guys did a great job with OTAs, building building. Believe it or not, building a team looking at ninety faces on a screen. They really did, and and we were really pleased with the conditioning that these players came here. They were really in good shape. And uh, which enabled them, you know, I tell young kids all the time, you know, the, the best favor they can do themselves when they go to training camp is be in great shape because that will allow them to learn and study, learn in meetings and study at night rather than going to sleep. And these kids did that. So we got a lot of quality work. Joe, you know, Joe and the guys put them through the paces, got a lot of quality snaps. And I think that when we sit down on Friday, we're going to, you know, after the scrimmage, we're going to be able to really look at each other. And, and the one thing we talked about consistently is at the 53, I said, we have to make informed decisions. We can't, you can't do guesswork on this side. You know that. So, you know, that was a, that was a big emphasis. We want to make informed decisions that I, I truly believe we'll be able to. Just a quick follow-up. You mentioned Joe's practices. You've been at a lot cap practices through your career. I'm just curious, what is it in your, what's your impression of a Joe Judge training practice? What have you seen? What have you liked? And well, you know, what, carried through? what you see, what you see is everybody's working. You know, it's, it, it's funny, uh, you know, a, a, a little, a little known secret a million years ago in my first Giants life, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a little scouting exchange with the Patriots. So I went to uh, uh, Patriots camp for three days and uh, Scott Pioli came up to our camp in Albany State for three days. And, you know, so I got a little bit of a, an inside view to what a Patriot practice looked like. And uh, that's what we've had here. I mean, you guys have seen it when special teams is working, you know, if, if, if it's a, a, a return or, or a cover, something the big guys aren't involved with, you see they're busy. They're overdoing things. There are times we'll be in, they'll be in individuals, and Joe will have a couple of players working with with the uh, special teams as gunners or as vices, or whatever. So people are busy. People are busy. No one's standing around hanging out. And uh, and the other thing that you see is the attention to detail. Attention to detail. You know, we have those. There are some drills where you see five coaches standing there. They're all coaching something. They're coaching a point. And that attention to detail is huge. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome, Matt. Ryan. Hey, Dave, I want to follow up there on Dan's question. You said uh, there was nothing in DeAndre or Aldrich's background that suggested this might happen. But Aldrich had an arrest in college, and DeAndre, there were rumors before the draft that about his commitment. So I'm just curious, when something like this does happen, do you go back? and evaluate the scouting process with your personnel department and say, what we miss here? And will you keep DeAndre on the team? His court date is until January. Will you keep him on the team till that's resolved? Well, you're, you're certainly, you know, you always debrief. You know, you always gonna, are going to go back, all right? If, if there was something in Aldrich's background from college, frankly, I didn't know because I wasn't here, okay? If you, you know, did we thoroughly, you know, investigate DeAndre's background? Absolutely. There's nothing there that we didn't know. There's nothing there we didn't know. So, you know, uh, uh, but of course you, you always go back. It's no different. 
it's no different than a coach going back and, you know, after, you know, you go, anybody, after something doesn't go right, you're going to debrief. You're going to write an article, Brian, and it's, it's not going to be what you're going to look at it. And you, eh, I really don't like that. So you're going to go write it again. Well, it's the same thing. So, you know, the, um, you know, we, we did that. Uh, of course we debriefed and because you always want to get better. Right. So, Understood. Well, you, just to, would you, the second part of that, do you plan to keep DeAndre on until the legal issue is resolved? We're still in conversations on that. Thank you. You're welcome, Ryan. Hi, Leonard. Hey, Dave. Thanks for doing this. Hey, Pat. How you doing? Doing very well. Um, Good. At a, at a macro level, when you first came in as GM, what was your plan for the secondary specifically? Um, uh, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, how were you, how were you planning on building the secondary? Well, you know, it's, 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 it doesn't make it, you know, obviously your plan to build depends upon, you know, for me as an incoming GM, your plan to build every, you know, first of all, you're going to build the football team. You know, you, you start from there. What's your philosophy? Then, then the back. Then what you do is you work your way through your position groups. Of course, every every position group's in a, in a different state, so it's it's not like there are any there's any position group that you know you don't have to look at. You know, it's it's. You know, you what you have to do is, when when you're building a team, when you when you're doing this, Pat, you can't put pressure on yourself that I have to do this now. I have to get that now because what happens is you'll make mistakes. You will, you'll reach, you'll um, overvalue. Uh, you know, you, you can't be in a rush to do this, you know, to, so is it, um, you know, so where we are now with the secondary. All right. I mean, I'm very happy with our safety group. Our safeties are strong and unfortunately X got hurt, but you know, we, we fixed that with uh, Logan, and uh, we're still building Connors. I mean, we're still building that 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 part of the, the back end. And you know, you, you, again, it's it all works as a unit. You know, in terms of, you know, you'll have better coverage if your front end is better rushing the passer. You know, it's it, it all it all works together, and we're we're working on building it every day. You know, I we don't ever sit back and say. Okay, we're done. O line, we're done. You know, you, you can't do that because as soon as you think you are, you're going to have an injury, and now what? So, you know, there's no, there's there's no me walking in the door saying, okay, the secondary will be done by the end of next year. The O line is going to be done this year. You know, the quarterback's going to be. You know what I'm saying, Pat? You can't you can't operate that way because you'll you'll overvalue players and you'll miss out on on players. It, it, again, I, I've been saying it since I walked in the door. I've been saying it. Down, I said it down in Carolina. It's about value. It's about where you are, whether you, how you value a player in the draft as a free agent. I'm sorry, as an unrestricted free agent. And then as your free agent, it's how you value those guys. And if you don't put the, if, if you put the wrong value on them, you will make mistakes. A quick follow-up on DeAndre. I know you said you're still having conversations. Uh, the the longer he lingers on the roster, the more it doesn't look like there is a zero tolerance policy for the kind of thing that he's accused of doing. I'm not accusing you of that. I'm just saying 
uh, why not just set a precedent that, you know, this type of shocking alleged behaviors can't be tolerated? With well, you know, Pat, that's fair. That's, that's a fair question. And, and all I can say to that, in, in life, there's timing that's involved. In life, there's timing. That's, that's, you know, and that's how I'll respond to that. Okay? Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Lombardo? Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good, Matt. How are you? Good, good. Um, I remember about this time last year, you said that you would know whether you guys made progress when you walked off the field week 17. I'm curious what the benchmarks are for Daniel Jones that at the end of week 17 this year that you can look around and say, okay, this kid has checked the boxes. You know, we feel really comfortable and confident in, in him moving forward. So kind of what are, what are the things you want to and need to see from Daniel this year? Well, you know, I mean – I'll say this, Matt. I'm 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 comfortable and confident with him right now. Okay, just for what that's worth. Um, sure. I I, you know. You know, obviously, it's how he how he plays. You know, what kind of a year he has, how successful he is, and and running running again. It's, it's his third offense in three years, by the way. Running in running in the team, how how he gets, you know, how he handles the leadership piece. Um, you know, it's 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 all those things, and obviously how well he plays. You know, the you know, I I would I can say this very comfortably, Matt. The only thing that it was a little frustrating last year with the turnovers, with the fumbles. I mean, he had a solid rookie year, did things that no other rookie quarterback has ever done, and for some reason, uh, I, I just feel like the fumbles have overshadowed all that stuff. You know, so. I mean, he showed he can bring us from behind to win a game. Um, he showed he can make big throws in, 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 in an overtime period. I mean, this, this kid accomplished a lot last year. So I'm, I'm not going to put a – I would never put a win-loss thing on it. It, it. it really is all about, you know, you know, for me, it's all about Daniel improving and improving in, in all areas, which I'm confident he will. Um, as a quick follow-up there, you mentioned this is his third offense in, you know, two seasons. What kind of a struggle is that for a quarterback to undertake? I think, I think it all depends upon, you know, so now he's in his third one. I think it all depends. It's a couple things. Number one, it depends upon the coaches that are working with him. Okay. How, you know, how they can, you know, how they make it work for him. And obviously it, it's going to, you know, it depends upon him how high he's going to work at. We all know Daniel's going to work his tail off. That's not that's not an issue, and he's picking it up. He, you know, yesterday he had, I thought he had a really nice day at the office, and he's getting there. He's getting there. Everybody's got to remember. I, I I always go back to kid comes out great high school football player goes to college. How many of them are great immediately? It takes them all time, and unfortunately, we you know we're not we're not patient, but you know. You know, Daniel's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. Thanks. You're welcome. Patty. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Hey, Patty. How's it going? Going well. I wanted Good. To go back, wanted to go back to uh, something you said earlier about, you know, the roster building process. Obviously, this year you don't have the benefit of seeing film from preseason games to, to look at and do scouting. You also have the challenges of a potential cap dropping next year. I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about that because, you know, obviously that's going to affect your job. 
but you know the the what, what's going to happen, Patty? What's going to happen this year is anybody if when the wire comes out uh, Saturday night and it's like uh, everybody's running around, it's almost like there's going to you know you're going to be drafting based off off their call if it's a rookie or a, or a guy who came out uh, in uh, 19 and got hurt in training camp and didn't practice. You're going you you're going to be basing it off college tape. That's what you're going to be you're going to do. Obviously, with everybody else who's got time in the league, you, you know, you're going back. So if there's a guy who, you know, got drafted in 19, 18 or 19, and they played preseason but have never played varsity football, you know, you've got video, you know, you know, NFL film to look at. But, you know, obviously it's very, very different. And it's, it's um, you know, you're going to have to this year, with, especially with the rookies, you're going to have to really rely on your college stuff. And we we still have, that tape's still available, Patty. You know we still have it. So, um, you know that's what we'll, that's what we will be doing. You know, but I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I didn't mean no, to no, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to ask you: Are you going to have to put more of a emphasis on um, the guys you have now, on whom you have tape, and you know, can you see sort of like a shift in philosophy to where, you know, instead of going out on the waiver wire, you're going to explore your own guys first? I think, you know, it's very legit. It's funny. I, funny you bring that up. I was talking to uh, Pat Hanlon. And really and truly, because of the protocols that are going to be in place during the season, your immediate help is going to be the practice squad guys. Because if you – if you um, anybody you bring into your anybody you whether it's a waiver, a trade, a claim, uh, taking someone off a practice squad, somebody else's practice squad, or bringing in a street free agent, it's going to require time. They're 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 in they're, you can touch them, but they can't come in your building. They can't practice. So the practice squads are going to be really important. How you set those up. And it, because they are going to be, those guys are going to be your immediate help. And so people would say, well, have your workout, you know, bring people in on Friday and start the testing protocol so that you have them ready for the week. Well, you don't know what's going to happen that weekend. You don't know what position you're going to need. You know, there may be guys out there you want to work out that you can do that anyhow, you know. But at the end of the day, you, you're, you're really going to have to really be very intentional about your practice work. And, and the league has given us that flexibility because they're allowing us six veterans on the practice squad. They're allowing four what they call practice squad exception players, and those are guys that have some uh, NFL experience, um, varsity experience, and you're allowed four of those. So 10 of the 16 could be guys with NFL snaps under their belt. <clears throat> Excuse me. So – but that's where your immediate help is going to come from, Patty, because anybody you get any other way, there's going to be a testing cadence. I mean, the, the protocols, testing cadence, physicals, is, it's going to be a process. Thank okay, you. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you. You're welcome. Jordan. Hey, Dave. Glad you're doing well. It's not good, uh, Jordan. How you doing, kid? Look at you getting ready to go get out of the house and play golf. Uh, maybe. Maybe later. There you go. You guys, you guys got you guys won five games the first year. You won four games last year. You've had an opportunity 
at least the last two weeks to kind of really see, you know, what you have this year. What, from a big picture perspective, gives you confidence that this organization and the franchise is moving in the right direction? Well, I think we've, you know, we've had three years of roster development, you know, and I think we've, we, we have brought in a number of players that are going to help us, you know, that, that are going to be part of this winning uh, process. We've um, obviously, we've had a change in coaches and uh, we've got a young developing team. And I think Joe and, and, and his staff are, are going to develop those players. So that's what gives me confidence. It gives me confidence that we have a quarterback, that we've got a heck of a running back. We've got some nice pieces on defense. The O-line, we've got pieces. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there, and I think, I believe we're going to be competitive. How close are you on that? I mean, you mentioned that when you first took the job, right? The offensive line and getting that right was a huge part of it. How close are you to, to being there in your eyes in that regard? Much, much close. The closest we've ever been, and I think that, and I, and I feel like we've got the right guys. they just got to learn to play together. And they've got to grow up. I mean, we got we got puppies. You know, you got Andrew who's never uh, played an NFL snap. You know, uh, you know. So it's it's at an important at an wow at an important position, right? So you know we're you know we've got some we've got some youth. You know, and they got to learn to play together. Those five guys got to learn to play in the club. So it, it, it's it is uh, I, I, talent wise. I'm really pleased with the group. We got time for three Thanks, more. Sir. We got time for three more. Ralph Slater and Canavan. Ralph. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Good, Ralph. How you doing, kid? Good. Thanks. Uh, you said you have a young developing team, and you expect it to be competitive this year. Uh, two questions about that. One is, you know, you've been you basically turned over the entire roster in three years. In a lot of ways, this is the closest you've had to your team. Uh, do you look at it that way too? That you finally have on the field, what you've wanted from the beginning? And also, do you think that being competitive and developmental will actually translate to wins this year? Well, first of all, it's not my team. It's the New York Giants football team, Ralph. Okay. You know, there's a lot of people that work have worked extremely hard to get the roster to this point. You know, Kevin Abrams and Mark Kahn's, Timmy McDonald, Chris Pettit, Kenny Sternfeld and his gang. So a lot of people have worked very hard to get the, to get the roster to this point. And I think we're, we're, we've got, obviously got young players that are continuously developing, you know, so uh, Delvin has gotten better every year. We're looking for Dexter to improve. You're looking for all those young kids to improve. We've also got some veterans that, you know, have skins on the wall and can help those guys develop, help those guys become, you know, team players. So, um, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, the roster is, is going to be, you know, competitive. And, and you can, um, it, and, it, and it's got going to have the ability to win games. I'm not putting a number on it, but it's a body. Listen, you, you, you get out there, you get, you know, you put a team out there, and, you know, there'll be the fighting Joe judges, I have no doubt. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to go well. I know you don't um, worry about your job, but do you think your bosses need to see win? <laughs> to, you know, completely buy into everything that's going on? That's a question for them, Ralph. Okay. We'll get them tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. Joe Slater. 
Hey, Dave, circling back on, on Logan Ryan, um, you kind of hinted earlier that signing him solves a little bit of the issue with Xavier's injury. So do you guys yeah. see Logan as a, as a free safety and as your starting free safety? Where do you see him? And a second part on him, how, how did the deal come together and why did it kind of take so long to, for him to get him in the mix here? Well, <clears throat> Daryl, it's more – how you doing, by the way? Good. How you doing? Good, good, good. It's more um, – Logan's going to – one of the things you guys will see once we start playing games is, you know, we're, we're going to be pretty uh, multidimensional on defense, okay? You're going to see a lot of stuff. And Logan fills a lot of roles, okay? One of the – so this it, – it's at a point now where, you know, what is it, what does being a starting player mean? It means probably playing 75, 80%, you know, on defense. He, he'll be well up there. You know, he's going to, we see him as a, a, a fit in a lot of different roles. And, uh, you know, he, he had quite a year last year. You guys know that. And Tennessee used him, you know, a little bit differently. And it, and it certainly, you know, gives you ideas about how to use him. So, um, He'll, you know, he'll be fine. And, and really, it, it, the, you know, as far as, excuse me, as far as getting the deal done, you know, I, I've always believed that deals get done when they're supposed to get done. And, and, and you know, once you get to talking, it takes two. It takes two and, and once, the, you know, the team starts talking to the agent of, of the player and the player, you know, if, if there's something there, you, you that tells you you're going to get something done, you work at it, you know, and and really and truly, Daryl, you know, the, you, when when you do deals, you know, you know pretty quickly if if there's something there. I mean, you've bought cars before. You walk into the car dealership and, you know, they they start giving you the runaround. You say, you know, there's no deal here. Goodbye. You know what I'm saying? So it's real. it's really the same thing. I mean, it really is the same thing. When you get on, when Kevin gets on the phone with an agent, so, for example, <clears throat> I firmly believe in – I don't believe in the low ball, high ball game. I really don't believe in it. I believe in it. This is your value. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, show you what I got. Show a fair starting offer. Because if you start off low ball and you start off, you start off the whole thing negative, right? And the whole point of it is getting to win, getting to, right. getting to yes, they call it. So, I don't believe in that. So, and we tell the agent, listen, this is a fair – we can justify this offer. Now, if the agent comes back with a cock, and we tell them we don't believe in highballs, so the agent comes back with a cock of maybe um, counter, then we know there's no deal there. You know, you go in and you want to buy a, a car for $40,000, and, and the guy tells you it's a $70,000 car, you walk out the door. It's really the same stuff. So, you know, when, when two parties get together, you start the back and forth, and you'll know pretty quickly if there's a deal to be done. And basically, that's what happened. You know, it really, like, happened in, I don't know, 36 hours. I mean, it happened quick. Oh, yeah, it happened quick. So, you know, that's, you know, again, they get done when they're supposed to. And, and um, we're glad he's us. Glad he's here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. We got time for one more. Tom Canavan. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Good, Thomas. How are you? Good. I- if you look at things like baseball and basketball and you watch them lately, it just doesn't feel like it's a game. 
with all the distractions of COVID-19, racial equality, an election coming up, are you concerned about the season? I think that uh, when, when you say concerned about having a season? Or? No, we just, just can everybody oh. avoid all the distractions and, and play like it's a, a regular season? Well, I think that, you know, for us, Tom, I think, you know, Joe and his staff have done a great job of opening the lines of communication with the players and the staff. Okay. And, you know, uh, there's been constant communication with, between, with all of us. And, and again, the blessing of being at the stadium, we can look at each other and say, hey, and how's your family and do all that stuff. And I think it's, I think part of it's about being a professional, part of it's about um, respecting other people's opinions and attitudes. And I think it's, it's, you know, I think it can be done, you know, because of it, it all depends upon the atmosphere you have. And we've, we're creating, we've created a, an atmosphere of safety and openness. You know, I read a book last year, a couple of years ago called The Culture Code. And they talk about one of the most important things, not one of the most, the most important thing you can do in an organization is for everybody to feel safe. It's very important that anybody in the organization can walk into my office and say, Gettleman, you knucklehead, and not, wor and not worry about that I'm going to get upset about it. Not worry that I'm going to hold a grudge. You know what I'm saying? So that, that culture of safetyness has been created here. And, and guys are comfortable talking about things. And the other thing that you have to teach is you have to respect. You know, there's a great uh, management concept that's called seek to understand. Okay, as it, <clears throat> I'm going to get it philosophical here. Sometimes we don't listen to each other very well. And we, here in the Giants, we really work hard at that. Listen to what the other person is saying. You know, think about how they're, you know, think about where they're coming from. Seek to understand. If you understand each other, we can have those conversations. And, the, and there'll be conversations. You know, sometimes I think in today's world, the people think if, the, the, if I yell the loudest, I win. You know, it doesn't work that way. But, you know, I, Tom, you raise a hell of a point. You really do. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world right now, a ton of stuff. And I think that, you know, I, I like the way we've positioned ourselves and the, the culture and the, and the type of people we have that we can do this.